0: I want to. I want to just go through this word that God has placed in my spirit, and then we're going to give an one final opportunity. Hallelujah. The Bible lets us know, Church. I understand and realize that there's a lot in our Pentecostal ranks and circles are saying everything is going to be fine and good, and there's this great end-time revival and all that, and and I don't I don't um, try to discredit that in any kind of way. I, because God is, God is working in a revival around the world right now. When you had 211 people get the Holy Ghost in one service last night, 61 people baptized in His name, that's, that's the kind of numbers that, you know, you just don't see. No more. This, that's revival. But also in the midst of this coming together and revival, getting the bride ready to be called out of here. The Bible tells us in the last days that the oppression from the enemy is going to be so hard. And this this spirit, this antichrist spirit and system that controls the world, the prophet Daniel put this kind of words... This is how Daniel said He said, he will wear out the saints of the Most high. Anybody here ever felt I know what it is to feel wore out in the body and the physical? We all, we all we all know what it feels like to be wore out in the physical. But what Daniel's talking about is would wear out the saints of the Most High God.
1: He's talking about in the Spirit. I don't like to feel tired and wore out in my body.
0: But I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's a deadly dangerous
1: thing when you begin to get tired and wore out in your spirit that you can't seem to break through into the realm of the rejoicing of God in your life. Because you lose all ability to fight and overcome the devil. And it's when he wears you out. Through all kind of oppression and hardships and things falling apart in your family. It's in those kind of circumstances that he wears you out spiritually that he can take you out. Because you lose hope. And you say, what is the use? And God is telling me right now, I've got people right now in
0: this building who have made that statement. You've never made it to me, but you've made it. You have made the statement. What's the use? So if you've ever had that statement in your mind, you can say, Pastor's preaching to me he said he would wear out the saints you don't you know what that's the kind of thing that busts up marriages when you start out and you're in you have that romantic love for one another and you, you want to be together all, all the time. Things are great and everything is fine. But because of situations that you go through
1: and pressures, the relationship starts to get wore out. And when that happens, then you ain't happy to be together no more.
0: You don't get the same joy no more from being with
1: one another. And so then marriages just kind of falls apart. But that same kind of thing happens in the kingdom of God. Because God says, there are people going to my house. All over this nation right
0: now. You're still going to church. You're still coming and sitting and going through the motions, but you don't you don't get the joy out of serving no more. You don't. Um, God is speaking today, folks. You don't leave the house of God exhilarated like you used to Hallelujah. Come on. because you wore out. That's true. Come on. And the devil's sitting on your shoulder speaking voices to you blaming everybody from the pastor all the way down to who knows where
1: over your situations. But it's the Spirit that is in this world
0: coming against the kingdom of God and the body of Christ in this last days.
1: And I'm here to tell you, don't try to run from it. You can run and go somewhere else. You can run to another church. You can run over here. You can move, sell your house and move to another neighborhood. But when the enemy is on your trail, you ain't going to just outrun it. You ain't gonna run. You got God said you gotta realize that you if you are tired, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, and you're gonna have to be willing to stand, draw a line in the sand, and fight. Yeah. The man and woman
0: who goes out and marries again and again, looking for the right one, don't never find the right one because the same baggage that broke up the first marriage, amen. They're carrying right along with them. It's gonna, it's gonna affect every other relationship. And it's the same way in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. God has spoke to us today. He spoke to us, let us know that His desire. To pour out his favor and pleasure on us. In the book of Job, the forty-second chapter, in the tenth verse, I want to read a scripture. And this is what it says: "And the Lord turned the captivity of Job." When he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Uh, uh, Notice that. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. God spoke to me early this morning. Long before I knew who was going to be here matter of fact i I told Chris coming in I said we might just we might just go over in the in, 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 in the in the classroom where we have the men's prayer meeting mother everybody everybody in church out of town I don't know I said we'll probably just hear crickets this morning this afternoon, but God knew. God knew those who were going to be here,
1: Hallelujah.
0: and He knew those who needed to hear a word. And God gave me this scripture, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. I want to just talk to you briefly right now on the subject God can turn it around. Hallelujah. God can turn it around. Hallelujah. You know what? You need to look to somebody sitting next to you. You need to tell them God can turn this around.
1: what you come up against sister Lisa God can turn it around I don't care how hopeless the future looks I don't care how bleak you think things are I'm here to tell you my God can turn things around he can turn it around
0: listen to me briefly The seemingly injustice done to Job and the misery he was called to endure has been used for centuries to undergird and comfort the untold millions who have gone through attacks of loss and hardship in their lives. You see what makes it bad, church? What makes it bad? It's when we look upon things we're going through and it doesn't seem fair. I've never talked to Job personally, Brother Paul, but I've read the book. And I know that Job, by some of the things he wrote, talked to God said God this just don't seem right. This don't this don't seem fair. I've not been one of those God that's been up and down and in and out. I've served you amen since day 1. And so it seemed like that there was an injustice being done unto Job. That's how the devil likes to make us think. We ain't been treated right. Hallelujah! I've been serving God a long time. I, things ought to be doing better than this now. I've, I've been I've been putting in a whole lot more than ten percent. Some people talk about ten percent. I've put in twenty and thirty percent. Sometimes more than that. This this. Oh, why in the world is my business falling apart? Why in the world is this happening? My family busting apart. This just don't seem right. Hallelujah. You see, let me tell you something. God's got one up on the devil. The devil is uh the devil, he he don't have the wisdom of God. The devil don't know what you think until you tell him. The devil can't read your mind like God can, but now God, He knows our thoughts and the intents of our heart. The Bible says. So don't try to fool God because God knows those times that we feel like we ain't been treated fair. We shouldn't be going through what we're going through. I should be treated better by God. I should be treated better by my pastor. Come on, I should be treated by by the elders, by the deacons. Hello, somebody. And we cannot understand that it's the spirit of the enemy trying to oppress us and to wear us out and to wear us down so he can take us out. Job's example of trusting God and staying consistent in his obedience to the Lord in the bad times as well as the good teaches us all that we serve and love God because He is God and not because He's good. Man, that hit me this morning. I thought, wow, I almost fell out of the seat I was sitting in. I'm going to repeat what I said to make sure that you got it because God definitely spoke this in my spirit. We have to realize that the reason why we serve God, the reason why we give him our life, our time, our money,
1: we don't do that because God is good. You do it because God is God. And that right there is the line that separates a lot of people in the church because you see, if you only do what
0: you do in the church and for God because God is good to you and everything has going along is good, then when things don't feel like God is good, then you quit serving. Because What's our choir saying? Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. Because of who you are. What I do for God is because God is God, not because God is good. Because not every day I'm gonna wake up and face the world, brother, and I'm gonna think God is good. I'm gonna think, wait a minute, I'm flesh. Even though I'm a preacher, even though I'm a Holy Ghost filled man, hallelujah, sometimes I get weary. That's that's the truth, brother. We all experience those feelings. And and, and you shouldn't you shouldn't Amen. Let somebody put a guilt trip on you just because you do. The Bible says God knows our frame. He knows we're flesh. Hallelujah. What keeps me going during those times that I feel I've been mistreated? It's because I serve my God, not because God is a good God. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying what I'm I'm not saying that God is not good. I know God is good. But I don't serve Him because God is good. I serve Him because God is God. I love Him because He first loved me. Hallelujah. I serve Him when I love Him because He picked me up. Hallelujah. Put my feet out of the mar
1: and clay. Hallelujah. When I didn't realize I was headed to hell, I didn't have no clue. If you only serve God because God, amen, is good, then you are going to one day hang it up. Maybe not today, but tomorrow.
0: Maybe not tomorrow, but the next week. You've got to make up your mind Brother Dallas, you got to wake up your mind. God, I'm going to serve you no matter what I have to go through. Even though my whole world falls apart. God turned the captivity of Job. You know why? Let's go back. Let's go back a little bit before God turns the captivity. Let's look at Job. Hallelujah. 13 and 15. Chapter 13 and 15. You see what's up on the screen? Job made that statement during the worst time of his life. His family was... Ripped from him. Children killed. Servants killed. Everything every, everything he ever had and worked hard for was taken away. He was sitting in in in, in ashes with a some kind of old scraper or something, or another scraping balls on his body, big whips all over his body. You talk about pain. I feel like, I, oh, oh, God, I've been through pain. Well, not when, when I got my back broken. I, and I had to wear that steel brace for over a year. And I kept coming to the house of God. I have been going up behind the desk preaching anyway with tears running down my face. Not because I was in the spirit, because I was literally in pain standing over there. I'm not. Tell, I'm going to tell you something, folks.
1: Hallelujah. I'm not almost caught on my side. i kept on going not because I felt like everything was good but he was still God. Though he slay me.
0: We don't use that word slay no more except Christmas time and it's snowing. and We start singing about the one horse open sleigh. That word "slay" it means kill me. He, Job, says even though God kills me, yet will I what? Trust Him. <laughs> God turned it around for Job because God, because excuse me, because Job proved to God that Job was not just serving Him because He was good. Go back and remember when the devil talked. The devil told God, "says Listen, don't you think Job serves you for naught? You got a hedge; you built around this man. Everything he does is blessed. He's under your favor. Hallelujah! Ain't nothing happening bad in his family. Nothing's going on, going on wrong. Everything's right." The devil told God, "says You take that hedge down and." Before I can get in there to him and let me do my work on him. We'll see how much he still serves you. <laughs> but see, the devil couldn't read Job's mind. <laughs> Job, the devil thought something about Job that just wasn't right. Because Job had already had a made up mind. And sitting there in all that pain and all that agony and all that mess that his life was in, Job says, though God comes down here and kills me, though though He takes me out, yet I'm going to trust in Him. That's why God turned things around. Let me tell you something, church. I want you to know something. Panic Kills more people during the course of a tragic event than anything else. It doesn't matter if it's a house fire, or somebody in the process of drowning in a lake or river somewhere. Whatever it whatever it may be, whatever tragic event that's happening, panic kills more people. Panic kill if it's a fire in the house. Panic kills more people than the fire. It's kind of like my dad was about snakes. He was scared to death of snakes. People all time putting playing pranks on him because he was so scared of snakes. <sighs> My older brother one time told him says, "No," <laughs> he said, "That ain't no pulse of a snake, Dad. That's just an old garden snake." He said, "That, that, that, that snake, that snake can't hurt you." Daddy looked at him and says, "Yeah, but it can make me hurt myself." Panic can make you hurt yourself. How many times have we turn on the news and we seen where people get trampled to death, one are in a big crowd, and something happens afar, or whatever they 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 run over top of one another, they they panic. Somebody drowning in the water, they uh, they they uh, they begin to panic and uh, they literally fight the people who are trying to get to them to save them. I knew somebody here, a preacher one time, had to literally. Just haul back and knock somebody out so he can save their life. Maybe you questioning God? How come, God? You said you love me. How come I'm laying down here with a big knot on my head? Why are you didn't knock, uh, knock me out, God? Why did you allow this happen to knock me out? God says I had to knock you out so I could save you. You've been fighting me. Amen. Hallelujah. we got to decide why we're really serving God in the first place. But God wants people in this building today to understand and know that He can turn things around. Yes, he can. And the first thing you've got to do, you got to let go and let God. I'm sure you've heard that statement before. I've seen it in picture frames. Let go and let God. The first thing of importance in viewing the turnaround of Job was that it was God, not Job, who stepped in and fixed the broken in his life. You're having so much problem dealing with things because you're trying to fix it. God says, sit down, shut up, and leave. Let me, leave me alone. Let me do it. Hello, Somebody. Some of us have been in the church for 20, 30 years, and we're still too stubborn and hard-headed to let go and let God. You're 100% right what God told us last week, brother. That was the word that came out of last week's. That if we try, if we build God's church, He's going to build ours. Hallelujah. You see, Job 42 and 10 said, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. It wasn't Job who turned it around. It was God who turned it around.
1: It done got so out of control and so far in the hand that Job couldn't handle it. And I know it it hurts your manhood and your macho thing, mister, but there's a lot of things in your life you ain't going to be able to handle by yourself. Let go and let God. We got too much pride in the body. Hallelujah. I've got, I've got people who will sit under me and hear me preach as their pastor
0: but they would die and be buried for them. they would call on me to come and and do some counseling personal counseling one on one with them or praying with them all right. all right, brother Sammy, I know you 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 still have maybe you know the work and all this too and you know I I I just don't want to bother you. That, that's that, that's a cop out that's a cop out God don't put us where we can't handle. He helps us to handle. It was the Lord who turned the captivity, Job, not Job. Folks, when we try to do it ourselves, we panic, we lose faith. Faith. If you are struggling in your life today like Job, the first thing you need to realize is that you can't work everything out on your own. There are some things in your life you can't handle alone. You need the power and grace of Almighty God to intervene and turn it around. Joe couldn't turn it around for himself. It had to be God. We've talked about David today in Psalms 18 and 2. This is what David said. This is what got him through all those things that, We heard about David today. He said, the Lord is my rock. I want you to notice these personal pronouns in this my here. The Lord is my rock, David said. He didn't use the word our. He said, he's my rock. He made it personal. Let me ask you a question. When are you going to start letting being God a personal God to you? Not just a God of your pastor or your husband or your wife. When are you going to start letting God be your God, your personal God?
1: King David said, the Lord is my rock. He's my fortress. (laughs) He's my deliverer.
0: I don't mean nothing by it, brother, but I could care less where God's your deliverer because I know he's mine.
1: I made that a personal thing a long time ago. Hallelujah. I don't lift up my employer and place my employer because He ain't my source. God is my source. He's my rock. Right. He's my salvation. He's my deliverer. My employer's already cut my paycheck almost $400 a month. And I found out the other day they're going to try to cut it some more. Hey, I ain't going to give him a time of day, but I'm going to give God all the praise I can give him.
0: We were just out several days for these breaks they started doing in the school system. Out a total of seven working days. Man, when I I have my check automatically deposited. When I sat down that morning, and I, and I logged into my account to see what my check was, I said, "You got to be kidding!" But you know what? Because God is my rock, my fortress. My deliverer, my God. I already had two checks in my pocket that somebody had given me personally that some people give me personally. It says, We feel like giving you this. Now that don't happen all the time. And I know some people might think that's just a coincidence on the week that I didn't get Harlan. the time they took out the insurance and the tail, everything else. You know, it, 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 it costs more than right after payment for the check. But see, I done settled a long time ago like King David. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength.
1: In whom I will trust my buckler. And the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Wow, glory to God. Hallelujah. I like that old song in the old time Pentecostal people used to sing, but you don't hear him in these modern Pentecostal churches no more. Well,
0: he's my rock, my sword, my shield. He's my wheel in the middle of the wheel.
1: Glory to God. Hallelujah. He's a personal God in my life.
0: Hallelujah! I'm fixing the coals, but let me let me go just quickly through a couple of things. The second thing you need to expect full restoration. Hallelujah! God spoke in my spirit to tell somebody here you need to expect full restitution. On restoration. Job forty two and ten, and the Lord turned the captivity of Job. I found out every time I really get out and study the Bible, I always find more that I I thought I knew that I didn't knew. I decided to look up that word captivity. It's the King James Version. KJV says the Lord turned the captivity. Now, that word captivity is very interesting to me. I got a footnote in one of my Bible versions that gives an explanation of that word and that phrase captivity. A little footnote. This is what that footnote says. The literal meaning of the word captivity, according to the Hebrew, the literal meaning is that what was captured from Job? The Lord turned that which was captured from Job. Now, to me, this explains how Satan worked against Job to get him to reject God and backslide. That's what God, the devil was trying to get Job to do. He was trying to get Job to backslide. Amen? Satan captured and held hostage everything of value that Job had. He took it captive. He stole from him. What's, what did Jesus say about the devil? The thief cometh not but to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. There you go. Hallelujah. In other words, the devil stole things from Job and hid them away. But when God turned things around, Job received full restitution from all his losses. And not only that, (laughs) glory to God, not only that, he got everything back plus interest. Go back into the Old Covenant and find out when a thief steals from somebody. They didn't, they didn't just have to pay back what they stole.
1: <laughs> Glory! The Bible said that in the end, Job had twice as much as he had in the beginning when God turned it around. Hallelujah. I, my
0: Lord, my Lord, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, glory to God, when God is your fortress,
1: your rock, and your shield, and you trust on Him, you can expect, glory to God, full restoration of everything the devil stealed from you. Hallelujah. It holds hostages in your life. And not only that, you can expect a little interest on the side.
0: glory to God. God don't mess with the devil. Some of us allow the devil to get by with too much stuff. God don't let him get by with it. Hallelujah. If God has stolen, I mean, excuse me, if the devil has stolen something out of your life, what's that song that the choir sing? Take it all back. <laughs> Glory. God gave him more children, more cattle, more of everything. He turned it around because he stayed true to God. He didn't backslide. He didn't just serve God because he thought God was good, he kept serving God when he thought things wasn't so good. Now, I've got to bring out this final point before I close because this is, this is really the most important thing. If you really want God to turn things around in your life, the third thing, you can never hold grudges. Now, I know that's going to knock about 50% of people in churches out the door from getting things turned around in their life. I've been preaching on this same one short verse the whole time. Job 42 and 10. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. The final observation in Job's turnaround was when the turnaround began. Look at that Verse. And tell me when did God start turning things around for job i didn't i didn't hear you well, look at the verse verse ten, and the Lord turned the captivity of job when when he prayed for somebody else instead of himself. Job didn't hold any grudges. And the reason why I say that, you got to know the whole story of what happened. You see, Job's friends didn't deserve any sympathy from Job, much less his prayers. Hallelujah. Those fellows that called Job his friend, they didn't deserve nothing from Job. Let we see we gotta go back. We gotta pick we gotta pick up the whole story. We can't leave nothing of it out. Job sixteen, verses one and two. Now this is going back again. When he, he was sitting there. He, done, he, he didn't have nothing. Everything was gone. He was sitting there with big bulls and scabs all over his body. Up come these friends. And he sat there and just stared at him for a few days and didn't even say a word. And when they did start talking, what did they start doing? Job, you got to, you messed up somewhere with God. I get so sick of some of these Pentecostal people today with this judgmental condemnation attitude. on, bless God. You've got to have some sin somewhere. You've got to be hiding something or you wouldn't be having all
1: this problem. Come on. Give me chapter and verse for that, please. They didn't do nothing but condemn Job and they kept saying, This would not have happened, Job. Come on, fess up.
0: Let us know what you did. That's just, that's just like the people back in Jesus' day when they came upon the blind man. Some people came and asked Jesus. says, Lord, who sinned? This man or his mother and father, that he was born blind. You always had people in Pentecost from day one who's worried about who's sinning. If we're going to shut down and not do no singing, no testifying, no preaching, no nothing until everybody quits singing, we just want to go home right now. God uses imperfect vessels to do His perfect work. It's in my weakness that He's made strong. So finally... Job got tired of listening to all their junk. Job answered and told him, He says, I've heard many such things. I got one version. Job says, I've heard all this junk before. Miserable comforters are you all. You're supposed to be here comforting me. You're supposed to come here. You're my friends. You're supposed to be helping me during this time. But you ain't been doing nothing but downing me and telling me what I've done wrong because all this junk's happened to me. Put up that other version, God's Word version of Job 16. And look what God's Word... Then Job replied to his friends, I've heard many things like this before. You are all pathetic at comforting me. Hallelujah. One reason why the church can't win more lost because we spend all of our dollars and all our times and everything else going around preaching to people and telling people what we're against. Have you ever stopped and thought of talking to somebody and telling them what you're for? Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The world don't the world don't need a negative message. They got enough negative to deal with out in the world. They shouldn't come to God's house and find more negative. Hello? I'm still preaching. Hallelujah. Folks, if part of the reason for your struggles and pains are friends who turn their backs on you when you were in need, you can't hold grudges and animosity. You must love, forgive, and pray for them if you want God to turn it around for you. God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. God waited to see the final thing in Job's life. He had been consistent in everything else. I know people in churches who've been consistent in their walk with God as following, obeying the gospel, repenting, being baptized in His name, receiving the Holy Ghost. They do everything else, but they can't seem to live and let live. They can't seem to forgive somebody. There was somebody told me one time, made a statement, And, man, I had shivers go up and down my body because I knew something was going to happen. This was a Holy Ghost-filled woman. And we were talking about a situation, about what an individual had caused in her family. This one individual had broken up the whole family. And the family would never be the same as it was before because of that. And she looked at me and says, I will never be able to forgive him. I said, sis, don't you know know what the Scripture says? Jesus says Himself that if we don't forgive God, one another. He won't forgive us. I says that is one the key. Everybody running around talking about holiness, word about how long their hair is and how long the dresses is and how much, whether or not they got makeup and all that. But yet, man, they're carrying grudges and non forgiveness. Within a year. Of this person telling me that I was standing over a coffin preaching her funeral because she died with cancer. God will not. There's some things that God won't put up with, folks. And one of those things is is when His people, who's called by His name, Holy Ghost filled people, we supposed to, which means Christ-like, we going around holding grudges. Listen things was not turned around for Job until he prayed for his friends, that he prayed honestly from his heart. For, because, see, God had already talked to them friends of his. God, God had done, if you go back and you read the book of Job, he, he, he's unspoke to them boys. God was highly upset with them. And basically what it meant was <laughs> Job had to be an inter- intercessor and pray for them fellows so God wouldn't destroy him for what they did to Job. So I figure, must not be no way Job was was apostolic, because if Job because if Job been apostolic, if he and, and would have prayed, he'd said, "Pull the fire down on God! Pull the fire down on God!" That's everybody's standing. Disciples told Jesus that one time about somebody. Shall we call far down from heaven on them, God, because they're not following you? (laughs) Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. Hallelujah. God can turn it around. I don't care what you're up against. God can turn it around. I don't care what you're battling. And God's already turned some things around for some people in this house this afternoon. I want everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. I'm not I was fixing to go to the keyboard and do a course, but I'm not going to do it. God has been speaking all the way through this service. And while all Heads are bowed and every eye is closed. I just want to say, is there not one more who wants to come and stand and let God turn things around? The oppression, the battles, the things that you've been fighting. Because I told you before I started preaching, I still felt like at least there was at least one more couple. Hallelujah! Does anybody feel the Lord speaking in their spirit?
1: Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Jesus.
0: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Atalama I see was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear. I, I first believed hallelujah hallelujah glory to God I need a sister to come stand with me to help me pray right now hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, I want everybody in this room to put one hand over your heart and another lifted up towards heaven. And I want you to talk to God. Make Him your personal God. Your personal deliver, Your personal strength. Your personal fortress. And I want you to say, God, turn it around. Turn
1: it around. Tell him right now. Say, God, turn it around for me, God. I can't do it myself. Turn it around, God. Turn it around, Lord.
0: You don't need a preacher laying hands on you. Make him your personal,
1: God. Say, God, I know you can turn it around. My Lord. Woo! My Lord, hallelujah. Turn sickness around. Turn disease around. Get a hold of all those children and turn them around.
0: My Lord, Mm. the power that I feel in the house.
1: Jesus is in here.
0: God has spoke God has spoken to some people today I know that God has spoken to some people Hallelujah Thank you Lord Thank you Lord Hallelujah. Yes, God. Come on, clap your hands and rejoice in God right now. Yes. I want to I want to thank everybody who took part in the blanket drive. Just from here looking back, I think that we got uh, enough blankets to take here. Of those 12, 13 men uh, or so that's down there, we're working on some other things. We have been looking about uh, uh, some houses and stuff, and we're thinking about uh, as what was brought out and people uh, discussed last week. We are definitely going to... this is not going to be the first thing we're going to do um, and uh, we're gonna see who we who who is we got who is willing to work uh, uh in a particular ministry because we can't we can't get a place and just open it up and just put some people in there and walk away from it we've got to have some people willing amen to serve there uh, and, uh, and and to operate and all those things but uh, uh we uh, how, how many knows the word of God that says Whatever we do, it's got to be in decent and in order. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're going, to, we're going to do that. Uh, and um, we got some other things that are making us out of this also. So thank you again. Let's be in prayer for these men uh, and, uh, that, we, uh, that, we, uh, that we're reaching out to and helping uh, in, in, this, in this homeless ministry. God spoke to last week and told us what he wanted this assembly to do. We got we got to not focus on the 99. We got to focus on the what. And then our 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 team went down and man, they. I, I promise you, when they get back next week, they're gonna be on fire. Well, what God has done. Friday we will be leaving for the men's conference. Um, I, I need um, uh, the men who are going in the van to try to get here about quarter to twelve. Uh, so we can load the van up. We want to. We want to be loaded. We want to pull out by 12:15. By There's others that are going that won't be riding in the van. Be driving, but though, but the van will be pulling out about 12:15. This coming Friday, going to the men's conference. Let's bow our heads and thank God for this service today. Lords, we come today. We thank you. We praise you, God, for your anointing. God, you have given us another tremendous service today. You have moved, God, mightily today. God, I'm claiming the victory for everyone who we prayed for, who obeyed you, God, that you're going to break the oppression uh, in their life. And we come against the Spirit that's trying to wear out the saints of God, to strengthen your people, give them hope, and put favor in their life. In Jesus' mighty name, let the church say, God bless you, we love you, in the name of the Lord.